activate. Are you ready? AI Nexus Hello and welcome everybody to this special episode of AI Nexus. It is an episode special in many ways, not the least of which is the unveiling of the world's very first AI digital human teacher. And here to host this with me as usual is Elias. Elias, how's it going buddy? Hey, good morning, Newton. I am extraordinarily excited today because we have two special guests with us who are actually... Uh, the co-founders. So we have with us Dev, and he's a tech leader originally from Calcutta. And Dev actually studied in Darjeeling, Delhi, and London. And uh, Dev actually helped build the first independent AI teacher with the mission to upscale to 750 million underserved students globally by the year 2030. And Dev was awarded by the UK Prime Minister for his work and has been a global innovator, under 30 social entrepreneur. For research work in AI, he was also nominated for the prestigious Global Student Prize, and he also raised $250,000 in funding in just 2022. He is an AI expert with research experience at the Alan Turing Institute and Brunel University London, and his work is currently operating in 13 countries. Also with us, we have Dr. Paldi Ottermans, who is a female tech leader in the UK. She is a neuroscientist and psychologist by academic background and a female leader of AI technology. She was awarded as the inspirational woman in tech industry by Hustle Awards and was named as one of 22's most influential women in the UK of 2022 by Startup Magazine UK and has also been awarded by the UK Prime Minister in the UK in 2021. And globally for her work, Dr. Paldi helped build the first independent AI teacher, OIAI, with the mission to upscale 750 million underserved students globally by 2030. Welcome, Dr. Paldi and Dev. How are you all doing today? We are absolutely fine, thanks, and it's an absolute pleasure to be here uh, this morning. It's morning for us. I don't know where you are, but we are really excited to be speaking to you today. Yes, I can only echo those comments that they've said. Uh, thank you so much for having us and good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Dr. Paldi. Good morning, Dev. Um, yes, I think we can jump right into this. Um, you know, for some of our listeners who may not be familiar with the name, can you please tell us what exactly Ottomans Institute is, what mission and vision drives its activities? Sure, of course. Um, Ottomans Institute works to upskill the next global generation. So we started by building a teaching system that we use to serve learners across 13 countries spanning three continents. And now we are scaling this by using AI. And I think Dave would like to add maybe something to this, Dave. Yes, absolutely. So uh, 
as Paldi said, our mission is to upskill the next generation. And our primary focus is on democratizing teaching at scale. And to do this, we are using AI so that we can provide anybody a digital, virtual, 24-7 accessible teacher that they can carry on along with them in their pocket, in their smart devices. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah. To clarify, the system we're talking about is called OIAI. Is that correct? Yes, that's that's indeed, that's correct. And I can tell a little bit about what that means, OIAI, if uh, that's okay. Please. Uh, so as mentioned before, we are scaling our teaching method, our teaching systems using uh, AI. And OIAI really sits at, at the heart of this. So it's, it's more than just virtual teachers that maybe many have seen or heard about us in the news. And this OIAI is an area that Dave directly looks after. So I think he probably, you know, maybe should give a bit more about the larger context of the OIAI. Um, absolutely, Baldi. So yes, uh, OIAI essentially sits at the heart of everything that we do with AI to scale this teacher uh, to anybody in the world. And it is not a product. So OIAI sits at the heart of all of our products. So at the moment, uh, we were recently picked up globally by the news, including by Bloomberg, um, about our digital human teachers. One of them uh, is Beatrice. So that entire product is powered by OIAI. We have another product, which is called Teddy AI, uh, which is for children uh, aged uh, four to seven. And that product, again, is powered by OIAI. So at the heart of this, OIAI essentially is a is an AI system that we use to power products that act as teachers for human beings. And for OIAI, one of our North Stars is uh, to make it human-like. So we are essentially trying to humanize the interactions that people have with the AI. And our focus, again, is to utilize this humanized AI to provide teaching to everybody in the world. Oh, that kind of put things into perspective um, very nicely. Yeah. And um, Dev, correct me if I'm wrong, but mm -hmm. a good way to look at this would be OIAI is sort of the platform on which uh, you intend to build probably many more digital AI teachers in the near future. Uh, is, that, is that the way to look at it? Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'll just give you a common example that most people would understand. You know, everybody nowadays talks about ChatGPT. Yeah. But ChatGPT is a product, right, which sits on top of models of OpenAI. Like they've got models like DaVinci, DALI, etc. So for us, our core is OIAI and our products, for instance, Beatrice, which was our first digital human teacher, is a product that sits on top of OIAI. Okay. And... Uh... How did the idea of Beatrice actually come about? So that's a very interesting question. So we registered our company back in February 2020. So it was just a couple of weeks before uh, the lockdown started across the world. And at that time, we had to go completely digital. And we only had our teaching systems sort of being built at that time. And lo and behold, what we found was that it became extremely popular. And it was being taught uh, by human trainers at that time. And we very soon and rapidly, we uh, sort of reached 13 countries. And the biggest problem we found at that time was to be able to scale the teacher part of it. Uh, you cannot really hire so many teachers. Quality control is an issue. The world has a severe shortage of uh, you know uh, teachers, over 50 million teachers shortage in the world. So we were trying to figure out how can we really scale this. 
And in this journey, we we were thinking, you know, a teacher is an intelligent um, sort of uh, entity in this ecosystem. And how can we do this? And at that time, we thought about AI as a possible solution. And this led us to start tinkering with AI. And we built our first MVP, which taught a couple of learners in early 2021. And this digital human teacher, the first one, which remains our first teacher, is called Beatrice. So what do we mean by a digital human teacher? It's a teacher that is completely powered by AI, as we were talking about OIAI. Mm -hmm. And a digital human is essentially an avatar, uh, which uh, looks very much like a human being, uh, which you know uh, interacts like a human being. And to make it as simple as possible for our uh, listeners to understand, we try and mimic the experience you would have if you were learning one-to-one with somebody over Zoom. That's what we tried to do with our digital human teachers, and Beatrice is our first in that series. Oh, okay, that that, that makes okay. that makes sense, uh, Dev. So, how do we communicate with Beatrice then? Because over Zoom, you could speak to the teacher, right? With Beatrice, do you get to type in your questions, and then it responds in uh, in audio, or how exactly does that happen? Yep. Yep, yep, yep. So it's very much similar to that. So you can interact with Beatrice both through voice and typing, just as you could do on Zoom. You even have a hand raise button. So if you raise your hand, Beatrice stops teaching and uh, waits for your question. And uh, you can really ask any kind of question uh, that is not really pertaining to what she is talking about. So for instance, if she's teaching you how to write a CV, which was one of our first lessons, beta lessons that we launched, uh, sure, you could ask her questions like, you know, what's the structure of a CV and how uh, long a CV should be. That's fine. But you could even ask her questions like, um, I want to apply for the job of a sales manager. However, because I'm just finishing my PhD, my only work experience has been in research. So what can I include? And then Beatrice would come back and say something along the lines of, uh, during your uh, research career, you must have done presentations. Show that as a skill in your CV because presentation skills are very important also in the role of sales managers. So that's the level of depth that uh, Beatrice can go into. And it's that interactive voice or text-based communication, whichever you prefer. Interesting. And is that all done in English? Or uh, can you communicate in other languages? And does it have troubles with, you know, probably some dialect and uh, some accent, uh, you know, messing up the message? Mm -hmm. Yeah, very interesting question. So we have a lot of demand and a lot of people asking us this question about languages. Now, languages itself is a different kettle of fish. So at the moment, we are perfecting only in English, although in the horizon, languages is something that's uh, that we are really actively planning for. And uh, the interesting part about your question, and very rightly so, is the accent issue. So the ability to both type and speak uh, also sort of, uh, you know, uh, helps uh, preserve the user interaction. So if somebody has a very, very strong accent and it's not picking up properly, they can always type as well. So that's always there. Awesome. And uh, is is this currently available for uh, public use now? Or uh, if not, is there like a near-term roadmap plan? Uh, yes, it's actually currently available for anybody to use. They can go to oiai.oiedu.co.uk and then you know start exploring and see for themselves. 
Oh, lovely. I love that. All right. So for our listeners out there, make sure that you're bookmarking that link so that you can go to it after you listen. And uh, what does the future of Beatrice actually look like right now? Well, our aim is to upscale 750 million people using OII this decade. And Dave has mentioned a few features that we're also looking at. Maybe, Dave, do you want to expand a bit on that? Because you mentioned already languages, but I know that's not the only part you and the team are looking at in the next few weeks to months. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, our, you know, for, for Beatrice, our target is to use Beatrice and upskill about 750 million people this decade. But if you start this conversation from the point of view of OI AI, it can power several different things. And I'm talking about, you know, chatbots on other platforms. Just imagine you are learning on Udemy. And as you are learning on Udemy, you have the videos and the text. But if we were to, let's say, partner with a platform like Udemy, you could also have a chatbot on the side, which could teach you, um, you know, you could type in your questions if you are not getting something based off of the text or the video. It could answer those questions. It could also challenge you and uh, ask you questions to see if you were learning. So that's just another way uh, we will be using OI AI uh, to provide a teacher on any platform. And uh, the ultimate goal essentially is, uh, you know, and this is, a, this is more of a vision statement at the moment because this remains a vision. But, you know, at some point in time, if you wanted to learn anything or if let's say you were going into an interview and you wanted to uh, just brush up the main points of interview skills, or you had a research paper and you wanted to, uh, you know, get somebody to teach you that or tell you that within five minutes, we would hope that people just, you know, ping out their OIAI app and use it to get taught. So that's the ultimate vision where anything you want to learn, you get taught or you ask OIAI to teach you. Oh, oh, interesting. And, you know, uh, as we all know, innovation is almost always accompanied with some some little bit of skepticism, so to say. What would you say to any listener out there who may harbor reservations, um, thinking your solution is just here to take away the jobs from teachers? <laughs> that, that's a very interesting question. That's what we always get, and we really want to clarify this. See, today, where we are in education, right, we have democratized education quite significantly. So previously, you would have to go to a library or get a book and learn. Now you can access lessons anywhere, you know, videos, text. That's what the Courseras and the Udemy's of the world have done. Correct. Today, you can also learn, uh, you know, from anywhere in the world. You wanted to learn something from me, you would have to book me in, let's say, for 4 p.m. next Friday, we could have a one-hour session. What we are doing is the next rung of this. So be it midnight, be it Tuesday next week without a reservation, be it just the next minute. You want to revise something, you want to learn something, now you have a teacher in your pocket. And this teacher is not there to challenge the jobs of the teachers. It is for you to take away with you. So let's say you are in a class and you are learning from a teacher and the class is finished. Now you can walk out of that class with another teacher in your pocket, giving you access to another teacher outside the realm of the class. So it's essentially empowering the students 24-7 a day, but not really challenging the job of a teacher. And in fact, it might make the job of a teacher lighter so that they can really focus on, you know, supporting students one-to-one, etc., to really see where they're struggling rather than spending most of their time telling at students because that can now be done by AI. 
that makes sense. It's more of, you know, an assistant to teachers to support their daily activities, uh, I would guess. Yeah. Uh, even though ultimately I think <laughs> it's artificial intelligence to end up knowing more than any one teacher alive. But, um, you know, when you mentioned that word pocket, right? Mm-hmm. Um, are we planning to roll this out in maybe an Android? People can go and download this from Google Play Store, on Apple App Store. Is this going to be like an application, a mobile application, easily downloadable? So, yes, uh, very interesting question there. From the point of view of our product, so each app is a product, right? Mm. We have uh, a lot of ideas behind this, uh, right from app applications, as you're talking about, to web extensions, which we have already been uh, tinkering with. So this is not out yet, but I'll just give an example. If you were reading a paper on the web, right? You're reading a blog post or a research paper on the web. We were tinkering with having an extension which you could download where a teacher pops up as an overlay on top of the content and can also teach you. So there there are a multifaceted sort of angles we can go with this. And we are testing a lot of them. But at the moment, Teddy AI as a product is an app. It's an Android app at the moment. That's its release uh, release start point. And for Beatrice, the release start point is a web app so that anybody can access it at the moment. So it's on the web. You don't need to really be in the Android or the iOS ecosystem for that. Beautiful. Um, Yeah, you know, Dev, Teddy, maybe in one line or two lines, what exactly does Teddy do? Yeah, I, I'm going to give this question to Paul D because in t- terms of the two products, uh, I own uh, OIA and Beatrice and she owns Teddy. So Paul D, all yours. Okay. <laughs> Lovely. Thank you. Yes, Teddy AI is uh, sort of my baby in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, Teddy AI is a conversational AI study buddy for children between the age of four to seven where they can you know, learn about anything using Teddy AI at the moment on as a as an app. But it's in an interactive, conversational, gamified way. Okay. Okay. So let me just add a little bit to that as well. Uh, you know, the easiest way to compare the two. Uh, Beatrice, for instance, is digital human teachers, right? And they are more for the 13 and over crowd. So a little bit more serious, a little bit more studying uh, in that angle versus Teddy is more for the children. It's more gamified. And Teddy AI is essentially a teddy bear. Mm -hmm. So it's a teddy bear, which is, again, powered by OIAI and other models at the back uh, so that it's also conversational. So uh, even if the child asks a question outside the realm of what Teddy is teaching, let's say multiplications of two, Mm -hmm. uh, Teddy can also support with giving answers to that. Yes, and Teddy does that in a very fun way with the children. So when the child opens the app, they can just talk to Teddy, you know, about anything. You know, I had fun at school today, or I did this or that or the other with my friend. We went to this game. Great. Then Teddy will slowly start building and learning components, topics like learning the capitals of the world, learning Mm -hmm. multiplication. They can also understand what the child is struggling with, so they can focus on that element more. Now, if the child is then, let's say, done with talking to Teddy, they can also just explore the entire world of Teddy, as we've called it. So it consists of many different um, topics that children would learn about in, you know, let's say, geography, history, um, maths, computing, you know, the alphabet, animals, everything that, you know, young children learn about in school. Mm. And then they can continue that learning with Teddy in a gamified way with, you know, quiz questions and um, true or false and different types of gamified elements. And they can also learn 
learn in that way and gain points, which they then, you know, can use to buy more things with Teddy and explore the world further and build on further and go further in the game with different levels and levels of difficulty. But at any point in time, they can just talk to Teddy about anything they want. And that's why we call it a conversational AI study buddy. Wow, that's brilliant. Wow. Nice, nice. I can see you're really building out a truly inclusive educational platform here. You've thought of everyone, the adults and the kids as well. Yeah. 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 That's great. Yes. Uh, one of the uh, aspects specific to Teddy um, that we are continuing to research on, and we have some elements already in place, is to make it neurodivergent friendly. Oh. So we use yeah, the design aspects that we use is to also support children who may have neurodiversity from a young age, uh, an age where it's very difficult to pinpoint what it could be. But, uh, you know, having these in place allows them, you know, allows it to be more inclusive with a wide spectrum of uh, children, not so, a wide spectrum of children. So, Dev, actually, I, I myself um, at a young age was diagnosed with ADHD and executive disorders function. That's something that really interests me. Um, mm -hmm. Is Teddy something that could also potentially see and pinpoint early detection signs of uh those kinds of neurodivergencies, would you say, or is it something that's just able to kind of help guide those with diagnosed neurodivergencies along the way? Yeah, so um, how it's designed is, uh, so we are trying to do a universal model. So for instance, I myself have uh, dyslexia, right? So we are trying to have a uh, universal model where, uh, you know, various traits People with various traits can also use Teddy. For instance, the colors they're using, how Teddy is speaking, etc. Right. Okay. So, so that's one aspect of it. By doing this, uh, we will be able to uh, also gauge certain aspects of neurodiversity which the child may have. We are not pinpointing them yet because that's not the core of the product yet. But it could do that eventually. But that sort of clashes with um, one of the fundamental aspects that we believe in is which is not to really also box children that early right so yeah. we're, we're not really that sure if that's a feature that we will make available to parents to see what's happening with the child immediately but it could come understood yeah no that's that's wow that's amazing that is uh, that's just so amazing dev yeah and you know we have all types of listeners and and i'm sure some of them that are quite tech savvy would be curious just as well your OIAI platform, is it powered by any of these large language models we all know about? Um, or, or is it something that's, you know, uh, built in-house? Yeah, so uh, that's a very interesting question. So when we were doing our MVPs and, you know, one of our first or our very first MVP was released in 2021 which was uh, used to teach displaced and refugee learners in northern Iraq in these uh, refugee camps and all. From that time, uh, we have been building models ourselves. And in certain aspects, we were also early beta uh, sort of uh, users of OpenAI. They were very kind to give us their own uh, APIs from that time. So okay. uh, coming from there to now, uh, a lot of our testing has been done using OpenAI APIs, but today where we stand, a lot of our models is built in-house. So OIAI in itself focuses on language models, nothing as big as the ones that's out there, 
but it does the trick for teaching. And that's what we uh, want to keep building and expanding on over the next year so that it becomes a behemoth, uh, a, a language model for the world of teaching globally. Okay. Also, the issue of user data and what happens with it, right? Um, just wanted to know, you know, which LLM you were using so that users could feel more confident and comfortable sharing their personal information. Do you mind sharing some light on, you know, what happens to yeah. personal information that's entered into your system? Yeah, so first of all, uh, when you are using our systems at the moment, uh, the language model, most of the language models and the AI is our own. Uh, so the, that's that's the first thing. Second of all, any kind of data that you provide to us, right, is anonymized and we don't really take too much of your data. The data that's there, the main chunk of the data is how you're interacting with the teacher. So, hi, can you tell me what is a CV and things like that. And those things anyway have to pass through because that goes into the uh, core AI model so that it can A, answer those questions and also become better as time goes on. Uh, so that's one. Secondly, for a product like Teddy AI, which is an under 13 product, uh, it's even more safe because just, you know, using the uh, rules and regulations and policies of Android, for instance, uh, almost no data is really taken from a child and everything is absolutely anonymized for both products. Yeah, just to add that, Dave, indeed, for Teddy AI, the, the rules are even stricter because it's below 13 years old. And that's when the rules really become even more tight when it comes to what type of data you collect. So if you would download Teddy AI and you would start playing, Teddy asks for your name. So, you know, he, we can really talk as human-like and he will ask you for your age so that we understand a bit where you would be potentially in your learning journey. And that just helps us identify where you are. And that's it. The rest is you just your interactions with Teddy. Okay. But as Dave said, it's all anonymized. No, oh, that, that's good to hear. And uh, was it Dev you mentioned Northern Iraq? Mm -hmm. You picked our interest in that. Can you, you know, maybe one of you tell us a little bit more about the work you did in Northern Iraq? Yeah, sure. So uh, in, in Northern Iraq, we launched our first MVP. So uh, before that, uh, just for a little bit of context, if you remember, we said we started by building a teaching system, right? Yes. Uh, which spread to 13 countries. So in this journey, we were also teaching for free uh, in these refugee camps there. Okay. So whilst we were teaching there, we, again, the same question, how could we scale that to more learners? And the first MVP that came out taught, uh, you know, our core curriculum uh, in that teaching, which is about transferable skills and employability skills as a digital human teacher. So that was the first ever one. And we are sort of pioneers in the space. So this we are talking about, you know, January, February of 2021. We had a digital human teacher teaching refugee learners in northern Iraq, which was pretty exciting. And yeah. that was essentially also the proof point for us that we can do this. And since then, we have had multiple versions to where we are today. Um, just to add to what Dave said, Everything we do, we also bring in very much a research component. So mm -hmm. that very much started when we digitally went to Northern Iraq and we wanted to know what the users felt about our MVP. So every time we build any of the components, we really build them based upon extensive human-centered design research. So we do pilots, interviews, other tests, both with these direct users, but also other people. And this has really enabled us and that really started at the time with the learners in Iraq, northern Iraq, to make our product as intuitive as possible, 
uh, to cater to this wide category of users as well, because it's very it's a very new kind of product. It's not really out there yet. So I directly handle these the research side of things, and we continue on a almost like biweekly basis to um, to research new elements and new features and yeah. find out what users like about this, what they don't, and what I found we, the most interesting part of the. The, the test, so to speak, we did with our MVP in Northern Iraq is that the learner said that they found the, hu- the digital human teacher, they found her to be human-like, which was great to hear because that was our aim. But not yeah. just that, they also found her warm, trustworthy, useful. Mm-hmm. They just really liked her. And that was really key for us to then further on build and even extend those features more often. Because as you remember, the main target audience also includes these underserved learners and Therefore, we want to make the delivery uh, of the products and the way you use them as intuitively as possible. And that's where we do all these human-centered design research for. Yeah. You know, the more I get to learn about this platform, the more I can see it has a noble um, angle to it. Uh, It's there to help, you know, learners around the world who cannot financially afford expensive teachers. This for me is quite big. And I think there's definitely a place for something like this in modern-day educational systems. Elias, wouldn't you agree? Yes, Newton, I definitely would. I mean, it seems like with everything that's being done is is for a noble cause and for the betterment of humanity. And I'm just completely blown away, especially not just with Beatrice, but with Teddy AI and its capabilities. So, yes, absolutely, it's noble. uh, But our... Uh, vision is to really give this teacher to everybody, you know, as we say, a teacher for everyone in their pocket. And by doing so, we also include the traditionally marginalized and underserved communities so that they too have the right to get a teacher when they want to. Right. Makes sense. So it, it, it's, it's, it's absolutely, you know, it, it, it is a pro- for-profit organization where people can't afford it. We, uh, you know, go out of the way to give this to them uh, for free at the moment. But if you see another uh, aspect to this, uh, to give this access fundamentally to the underserved, today, uh, just to do a one-hour session, let's say a one-hour one-to-one tutoring online, it costs you anywhere between, you know, $20 to $60 or north of that for an hour. Yeah. You know, for, 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 for fragments of that cost, you could essentially have an AI teacher that's available to you uh, 24-7. So that itself also by doing that is making teaching, you know, having that ability for one-to-one teaching become more accessible, more democratized. And this is just the uh, you know start of this journey. And as technology does, uh, as it moves forward, the cost of implementation falls. And yeah. as the cost falls, it helps us make it even more accessible. Okay. And correct me if I'm wrong, I think there's also uh, a charity for COVID relief victims that you you probably are collecting donations for um, something linked to the Prime Minister's National Relief Fund. Oh, yeah, that, that's sort of an old thing. So, again, as, as we were engaged during the lockdowns and the COVID time, we decided to raise funds for the, uh, for the NHS and other frontline services at that time. Uh, we also have, were lucky enough uh, to be able to work with uh, about 100 different people from across the globe. We curated a book together, which OI published, oh, um, okay. and a- everything on from that book went straight to uh, these funds to support the NHS and other frontline services. But yeah, that's pretty old, but thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, uh, yeah. what's the book called, by the way? 
The book is called Together, an Anthology from the COVID-19 Pandemic. Uh, it's got 50 um, uh, pieces in there and 50 pieces of artwork. And you've got, uh, you know, contributors all the way from frontline uh, people working in hospitals, two famous poets and writers like Benjamin Zephaniah. Everybody's contributed uh, to this book oh, and wow. we published it. And that was, uh, I think that became an Amazon bestseller in the UK, India, and one more place. Uh, yeah, no, Dev, Dr. Paldi, um, I'm just still just blown away at everything that y'all have not only accomplished, but are continuing to do. And I know that our listeners out there will likely be curious. Um, how can they get involved? How can they help with this cause? Thanks a lot for that, uh, Elias. Uh, and I think it's a very important point you brought up, especially for the way we work in Hawaii as well. Uh, as Paldi mentioned, we always have human-centered research. We go out there and speak to the people. And almost everything that we do, we have call-outs where we ask for feedback we ask for early beta testers. We have surveys in place, for instance, for Teddy AI. We are actually asking parents, what do you think? What do you think is needed to make Teddy even better uh, for your child so that the value of uh, Teddy uh, you know, improves? Um, can you help us improve Beatrice? And things like that. And these calls come out onto our social media channels, you know, almost on a weekly basis. So I would just say, you know, follow us on our social media channels and anything that really, you know, rhymes with you, with your cause, you know, with your thought process, please feel free to just sign up to one of these calls. And we are always very, very happy to A, hear from you and also B, to have, you know, some of you join us in our mission so that we can really upskill the next generation. Terrific. Thank you. With that being said, Dr. Pardi and Dev, it has been an absolute delight having you both on this episode with us. I genuinely believe there is a need and place for Beatrice in our education systems today, especially as an avenue for inclusive and sustainable learning for everyone. And Elias and I, and I'm sure our listeners as well, we are definitely excited to watch it grow into its full potential. Yes. And to our listeners, as always, stay curious, stay informed, and uh, be sure to tune in next week for yet another interesting episode with us. Yes. Cheers. Thank you, listeners. We'll see you next week. And thank you again, Dev and Dr. Paldi. Thank you both. AI Nexus.